0: For me, spirituality happens in the nervous system. And so I geek out just as much as the next person about physiological components of meditation, understanding what's actually going on in the brain matter on a a biochemical level. And so in learning how the brain works and what meditation is actually doing in order to rewire neural pathways and create new networks in the mind, and so cannabis meditation in particular teaches people how to feel that energy, like I was saying, feeling the energy in the body, which quiets the thinking mind. But because of the consciousness expanding properties of cannabis, right, the mind is constantly opening. It's, it's like blooming like a flower, like an infinite fractal. When you have cannabis in your mind in your system and you're meditating it's just this infinite fractal that just keeps opening and opening and opening plus you're feeling energy in the nervous system everything in the universe in the known universe comes back down to energy this is quantum physics it's it's like it's all intertwined but then there's like just that extra dash of emotional intelligence of surrender that's required in order to experience or have something that really like blows your mind
1: Oh yes, we got another awesome episode of the Human Up podcast with a special guest, Colette Patricia, who guides and leads cannabis meditations. Um I am super excited to share this conversation. It's been a really crucial part in my own journey, really being able to combine cannabis with mindfulness and really integrate a more conscious and intentional use of this plant medicine to really heal myself and my soul so it has been just a crazy journey you know throughout the last few months of course but also in the last couple of years personally um, after hitting burnout with my tech career if you've been listening to this podcast you'll know that i basically say it almost every episode but um like really on this track to heal myself and cannabis and cannabis meditations have been a crucial part in in reconnecting with my own intuition my own spirit my own sense of self-love and i honestly you know didn't really grow up with first of all being able to express emotions but even so talk about any sense of spirituality or purpose or you know these more ethereal and tangible things i was just you know go (laughs) freaking study math and science and and get a nice stable job like that was the limit of my exploration and so you know i i honestly had a lot of judgment and stigma um, against any spirituality and even religion as well and it it's been interesting to you know continue my own exploration of that but also have these conversations now with other people who are in this space i have another really good friend who is very religious and you know it's it's amazing now to be able to get to a place where we can talk about these things and not let our ego or our you know, limited perspectives or our history or any stigma get in the way, you know, it's, it's been amazing to let go of all of that so we can have these deeper conversations to have a more productive conversation and actually learn from each other. And so I'm very excited to, you know, get into more of my own spirituality as well. And what that means for me, um, what that feels like for me and cannabis meditations have been a huge part of that. I have been so honored and grateful to be able to host my own cannabis meditation sessions. I, I host them on a semi monthly basis every other Wednesday. So the last one I did was with a couple friends and a couple strangers and it was such a grounding and fulfilling adventure and exploration which has all been inspired by Colette here uh, after finding her on Instagram one day looking for uh, cannabis coaches and just other people in the cannabis industry so You know there's definitely something there right bringing us together but um if you are actually interested to join one of my sessions you can go to bit.ly slash canna connections to register on eventbrite Um, they are free for now while i continue building up this community of people who want to explore this intersection here and if you've been listening to this podcast for a while and uh get value out of it first of all thank you so much for being a loyal listener i really appreciate you sticking with me as i am also just you know throwing a whole bunch of things at the wall in a way (laughs) so really appreciate you uh you know sticking with me through this um i know i've you know talked about a wide range of topics and if you have really seen change in your life and really been able to implement anything that was shared by any of my guests or uh on my solo episodes as well um i'd really love to hear from it you know it's these small little wins and feedback that really help me keep going um you know, it's, it's doing this whole thing and going in this journey is really, really isolating to be real. And so, um, yeah, you can actually listen to my previous episode. Uh, if you really knew me, you know that I am really unsure of where I'm going right now. Um, there's definitely a lot of uncertainty, but I have clarity. There is a difference between clarity and certainty, right? Where in certainty, you want things to happen in a very specific way. You want it to be just certain and exact. Whereas clarity is something that I do have within myself. I have a clarity of who I am and what I don't know as well as as who I'm not right but I I have a clear sense of that as well as my purpose as well as the the path that I want to continue pursuing and it doesn't mean I have certainty on exactly what that's gonna look like or how I'm gonna get there but I have clarity in who and what I am now but anyway I actually don't want to get into this whole thing you can listen to my previous episode to uh to learn to to get more of that but again if you have been getting any value out of this and started seeing results and change in your life i would really appreciate it if you could share this podcast or the episode that really helped you um with other people and and use that as a you know jumping off point to have a conversation with someone you care about who you want to you know, explore these deeper topics with. Um, and alternatively, if you are able and willing, I would very much appreciate your monetary support as well. Um, you can donate via PayPal at bitly/slash HumanUp Podcast Donation, and with that, it will help me continue putting on this show. Really, spending the time and energy to. Um, find amazing guests and research and draft the questions and uh, spend time producing and editing everything as well I do it all on my own so um, right now your monetary support would be so helpful um, even just emotionally for me to know that people do get value out of it <laughs> and um, so again bit.ly slash human up podcast donation It's also in the show notes below. So finally, with all the logistics out of the way, I am super excited to uh, share this conversation with Colette Patricia. Enjoy. Hello, humans. Thank you. No, let me start over that. Okay. (laughs) All right. Hi, Colette. It is so awesome to have you on this podcast. I'm really excited. Uh, to you.
0: Yes, thank you so much. I'm so excited this worked out.
1: Yes, finally, right? We've been uh, in, exchanging just contact in, in a lot of ways, met you on Instagram, trying to find other cannabis uh spiritual beings. So <laughs> here we are. Here we um, are. And uh I've yeah, I've been attending a few of your cannabis meditations and attended your retreat a few uh, last month. And um, it's been such a beautiful experience. And it's really been a big part of my own work, too, even personally mm. and professionally. Yeah. So just wanted Thank to you. throw that out there. Thank
0: you so much. <laughs> yes, I'm so grateful for you and just the way that you keep pursuing not only me, but my work and the way that you keep sharing it in such a positive way. like that's you're my people so it's
1: awesome yeah no and i'm that's why i'm excited to have you here too to even just continue that conversation um uh for those who who don't know you maybe you want to do a quick intro of uh what you do and why you're doing it uh yeah of
0: course yeah so Um, My platform is called Balancing Cannabis. I started it about a year and a half ago, and the initial drive for it was to start conversation around the conscious, intelligent use of cannabis for emotional wellness and spiritual growth. So cannabis had been a big part of my life over both in an unconscious way and consciously of using it to help me with anxiety and depression, mental illness. And so as I started to kind of look back over my life, I recognized the ways that cannabis really served me in a lot of ways in that regard and the ways that it really hurt me in a lot of ways. And so being in the cannabis industry, being in the cannabis space at the time, like I just was seeing it so clearly how we are very unconscious to the power and the potential that cannabis holds, because now that it's legal, it's recreational, people love to just get high and have a great time which I also like to do that as well. Right, so right. it's like finding this balance of like, I'm not preaching that you should only ever use cannabis in this one particular way because I use it for fun, for medicinal purposes, but also for spirituality with intention and all of that. So that was kind of the beginning phases of balancing cannabis. And I started holding these cannabis meditations. I had had several incredibly profound spiritual experiences using just cannabis in a meditation practice. And was just feeling really called to share it because I truly believe that as human beings, if we have a spiritual encounter of any kind, it's going to shift our worldview. It's going to shift our frame. It's going to shift our mind and our perception of self and our perception of the world around us. And so I have this big call on my heart to share with as many people what I've learned on how you can co-facilitate or co-create a spiritual experience for yourself using cannabis that will ultimately change your life and then done over time done with more people and as, that, as it continues to grow and evolve as more human beings have a spiritual awakening of some kind or a spiritual revelation or just a spiritual experience that raises the collective consciousness and evolves us as an entire species instead of just one individual human. So Balancing Cannabis, it started just as this idea of wanting to teach mindfulness and meditation using cannabis. Um, And it's now kind of, it's continuing to grow and evolve into me just wanting to equip or, or inspire really as many people as I can to go on a spiritual journey, whatever that means. And to me, a spiritual journey is just one inward, right? It's just to know thyself. I love it.
1: I love it. I really am resonating so much and also really in my own journey and exploring all of that as well. Um, and so, yeah, honestly, like been really inspired to, to do this myself. And so the yeah. listeners of the podcast know that, you know, I'm also hosting my own cannabis meditations, uh, every other Wednesday. So, um, it's been really fun to explore first like practicing within myself um yeah. but also to be able to have that like in a group setting there's definitely yeah. a lot of power to 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 meditating together to smoking together and then talking about it all together I think that's like something that's very much missing which also yeah. points to the like the fact that you know, there maybe there is some small glimmer of of a benefit to this coronavirus uh, making us go virtual to yes. connect with so many people. Yes. But, yes. Um...
0: Well, I was doing these meditations in person and was just kind of getting them off the ground, getting to the point that I'm consistently getting a big group of people coming. Like I finally just kind of broke through that as after like six months really of, you know, putting myself out there and doing them for four or five people at a time. And then when coronavirus happened, I was really upset for a lot of different reasons, but mostly because I had just started getting momentum of doing these in person. Right. And I was just getting really a lot more comfortable with hosting them because, It is such a vulnerable experience for me to host, right? And so, um, and and I was worried that it wouldn't translate online. I was worried that because if I can't hold this container, like I do when people are in person, that it wouldn't work, I guess you could say. But that's the coolest part about cannabis and plant medicines in general. It's like, if you set the intention to sit with plants or cannabis specifically, if you set that intention to do it for a healing practice or a spiritual practice or a desire to like really know yourself and evolve, the plants are going to do what they do. Right. And I also recognize that having people in their own home, in their own space and me just communicating this over the web in this way, it actually supports more people in having a spiritual experience because you have to feel really safe in order to be vulnerable enough to surrender enough to have that type of encounter mm-hmm. and so i think it was after the second virtual meditation that i did that is like the epiphany went off like oh no this is actually going to be better for people because they're in their own home they're in their safe space and so they're automatically their guard is down and they're open because you cannot have a spiritual experience if you're in a defensive mode it's yeah. just impossible
1: well, I still can't wait for the in-person ones soon. Well, the in-person ones <laughs> are pretty magical.
0: It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. they. Hopefully sure, they most. will be coming back. Yes, yeah. for sure. Because they are super magical and just so beautiful. And like, yeah. like what you were saying, the collective energy of a group of people meditating and smoking together and sharing that intention is just so healing.
1: Yeah. Um, I wanted to also maybe ground us back a little bit then with, uh, you know, finding that, that common language and even what we are talking about when we talk about, you know, cannabis mindfulness and spirituality and um and then with this podcast what emotional intelligence means. So um first, yeah, what, what does emotional intelligence mean to you?
0: Emotional intelligence I think it's kind of twofold. But the first aspect of it or the most important aspect of of cultivating or Strengthening your emotional intelligence is knowing yourself, right? Knowing emotions within your own being. You're going to have a harder time to discern the emotional signature of the room or another person if you yourself are not aware of not only your baseline, like your container, what you feel like as neutral, but also just the presence of different emotions as they come up for yourself. So for me, I'm an empath. And so that means I feel very deeply. I feel everyone in the room. I, I empathize with you so much so that I actually can feel on a really tangible, physical way, whatever it is that you're feeling. So I think that's, that it's definitely a part of my gifting. It's also a, um, the biggest source of growth that I've needed to work on with myself because until I was aware of this, I just was taking on everybody's emotions, right? And feeling that in my body and thinking it was mine. So emotional intelligence is a combination of knowing yourself so intimately that you know exactly what you feel like so that in the presence of other emotions or other energies, you can discern if it's yours or if it's this other person's or in the room or whatever the case is. But it's also just being so tapped in to yourself so that when you have these shifts come up for you, you're able to better navigate the situation, right? And so it's like, mm-hmm. I can feel people's emotions and if I'm having a conversation with them, not that I'm changing or tailoring anything about myself, but I can already come from a more compassionate place because I truly can feel what they mm-hmm. feel. And so I think that emotional intelligence as when we're talking about it on a larger scale or like from a species perspective, it's just, it's, it's truly the most, purest form of compassion because you can feel it within yourself and you identify it and so um, yeah I think that there's a lot of disconnect on an emotional level in the workspace or in yeah. other relationships that aren't intimate right that aren't those intimate vulnerable emotional relationships there's still so much space and opportunity to incorporate emotional intelligence into these environments that maybe haven't always been very emotional
1: right yeah totally it's a it's a big part of me going into this work and exploring it myself and, and starting this podcast and that like, I was very much lacking that Mm. skill and also the environment to practice that. So, um, I like that you mentioned it's, it's really just knowing yourself and even what you feel first, you know, I think a lot of us will think of emotional intelligence as something that like is, um, maybe akin to empathy or or trying to understand other people's emotions, which is important. There's a level of social awareness that is required in that, in, in being a good, uh, you know, collaborative and productive human being in, in whatever situation you're in. But I think it starts with understanding yourself and even what you feel. And I know that I had struggled a lot with that because of all the, just the suppression and the repression of what emotions mean or, or what, what it, what it's supposed to mean as a man and like as an Asian American and like, so a lot of circumstances and, and factors that.
0: Yeah. That's such a good point. I think to remember is like, we're so conditioned that feelings or emotions are bad or it's like only women are emotional or only whatever, only in these situations, is it appropriate for you to be emotional? It's like, that's such bullshit conditioning. Like our bodies are made to feel like, this is what we're made to do. This is why we have emotions. And so to express and to emote is such a human experience, yet we deny ourselves that so deeply. So there is no way that you could authentically show up in an emotionally intelligent way for another person if you lack complete awareness connection to your emotions of yourself. And the biggest thing that you do is you have to learn how to express, how to actually feel. And that's why the cannabis meditations are also so magical in this practice. It's because when you smoke some weed and you lay down and you're just present with how you feel you can't hide from it anymore. Mm -hmm. You can't run from it. And so I've had many people in my cannabis meditations that will say, Oh, that was a really unpleasant experience. Or, Oh, I had so much anxiety. Oh, I didn't like it. It was uncomfortable. It was this, it was pain. It was, you know, grief. It was all this stuff came up for me. And then it's like, "But so I don't like the cannabis meditation. And I'm just like, okay, but it just showed you everything that you're just suppressing down into the body so that it could actually express and come out. And as you express Emotions, whether they're challenging or not, like as you express them, you create more space. And in that space is intelligence, is wisdom. And then you can start saying, oh, now I can really empathize with this person who's so obviously grieving in front of me Mm -hmm. because I've met grief in myself. I've met anxiety in myself. I've met fear. I know what these things feel like. So then my compassion for this person's experience is tenfold. Because not like I think that we're all empaths to a degree. I think that this is a, a supernatural human gifting that we all carry. It's just how much of it do you remember, right? How much are you aware that you are also an empath? And so when you're unconscious to your own emotions, when you're unconscious to your own situation or how you feel, or you're intentionally suppressing it because culture and society and family and whatever has told you that it's not manly to feel your emotions or hysterical women are, you know, dangerous or whatever the case is, all this conditioning that we have, we're just disconnecting ourselves from ourselves. And we're not able to express authentically because there's a disconnect there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. And uh, that's a big reason why these cannabis meditations has been such a important tool for that. You know, yeah. there's obviously so many ways to be able to address this, you know, take a look or attack it from different angles. And cannabis meditation is a, a, a big part of that. So,
0: yeah.
1: um, uh, I, before we get into that too, though, I, I am curious with more about your own story in like mm-hmm. in managing. What you were mentioning earlier the anxiety the depression yeah. um what was what was that really like for you
0: well so I was diagnosed with depression at 14 or 15 years old they put me on antidepressants really young I was on antidepressants until I was off and on until I was 30 and then I just was like these aren't working <laughs> like I'm still depressed I'm still like suicidal like this is not obviously not helping and so like looking back over the conversation of, a co- of consciousness didn't even come into my life until I was like 31, 32, I'm 35 now. So it's only been a few years really that I've been on this journey of understanding consciousness in this way and of healing. And so there was so much of my life spent unconscious to all of this. And so when I look back over time, most of my relationship to cannabis, I started smoking weed at like 17. Most of my relationship to cannabis has always been unconscious. Right. And so, but I can see it where sometimes it was really helpful and sometimes it was really destructive. And so with depression, I feel like in particular is that prolonged use and chronic use of cannabis, like every single day, multiple times a day, you know, in a row for me made the depression worse over time Mm -hmm. because it saturates the endocannabinoid system. It just kind of numb, it does numb you out. And so it's like, It was an escape, right? And there's nothing wrong with that because sometimes we need a fucking escape. (laughs) So using it in that way, excuse me, did benefit me in some ways and it didn't benefit me in others. The other thing is witnessing how it affected the anxiety because cannabis can stir the mind. It makes us paranoid, right? All of this stuff. And what I have said since the beginning is, Cannabis doesn't give you anxiety, it makes you aware of your anxiety. So the degree of the anxiety that you have on cannabis is really just a reflection of the degree of anxiety that you're unconscious to when you're not on cannabis. And so once I recognized the benefits and the downfalls of using cannabis in reference to my personal struggle with mental health, Um, I started to become a lot more mindful of when and how and how often and in what form I was consuming cannabis. Um, Microdosing on edibles is a really great way for me to soften my experience and soften my um, anxiety and my tendencies. But like a big dose of edibles is going to just launch it even worse. Right. And so. I had to learn my relationship to the plant, learn the ways that it was benefiting me and hurting me, and then start to apply conscious discernment over when and how I was going to use this plant medicine. Um, <clears throat> so one of the ways that I started using it in order to evolve through my anxiety was in moments that the cannabis made me hyper aware of the anxiety where I felt maybe overly paranoid or I felt like Ah, kind of spinning out a little bit. We've all had those moments on weed before. It was an opportunity for me to truly practice mindfulness, but also practicing just like comforting self, Mm -hmm. right? And so being able to talk myself off of the anxiety threshold, off the ledge of chaos in the mind, being able to reestablish a a baseline of the parasympathetic nervous system and get that fight or flight system to shut down, at least slow down and calm back down, using the breath to really ground into the body, using meditation to drain the energy out of the mind, like whatever these practices were that I needed, it helped me to build emotional robustness over time. So then when I'm not on cannabis and my anxiety comes up, It's basically like I was training with weights on when I was on cannabis. And so then anxiety presents itself. I'm, you know, it's just a normal afternoon. I'm not high. I'm just working or having a conversation with somebody. And it's like, Oh, my body knows how to calm itself down now. And I know how to be my own source of comfort because I've done this before so many times on cannabis. And so, and then on the depression side of things, you know, sometimes when you're in a depressive cycle, you're in this heavy state. It's like, you're, you have no energy in the body, like literally none. And so I think that for people that don't struggle with mental illness, it's like, oh, well, just get up and go work out or just get up and go do this thing or go fill in this blank and this will make you feel better. But what I think people that don't struggle with it, don't fully understand is that depression is basically just the nervous system shutting off. It's just like all the life drains out of the nervous system And so that energetic volition to even get up and do anything, it's not there. It doesn't exist. And so it's a little bit patronizing, I think, for people that struggle with mental health, at least in my experience, to be like, oh, just get up and go work out and you'll feel better. It's like, oh, yeah, don't you know, think I know that? Like, don't you think I could, if I could do that, I would do that? Um, But the cannabis can increase some of that energy in the body. Right. And so if you smoke a little bit of weed, you do that with intention. Again, you cultivate a little bit of that energy in the body, then it's going to get you up and move you. But again, if you have this unconscious relationship to cannabis where you're using cannabis to numb out and to disconnect, the endocannabinoid system is so saturated that you're not going to get that same benefit. And so this is what it means, in my opinion, to have a conscious relationship to cannabis. It's like, when do I want it? When does it serve me? When am I habitually drawn to just get high so that I don't feel? When am I habitually drawn to use it to feel more or whatever the case may be? And so for me, that aspect of things was identifying like, "Mm, maybe I'm using this as a crutch. Maybe I'm using this to disconnect and I don't want to be that anymore. So then but I don't want to give up cannabis because I love cannabis. Right. And so then it's like, how do I find this, this way that it can actually help? And I heard a a speaker at a plant medicine conference say, and I've said this in in other language, but I just really particularly like the way that he says it. But like, if you, if, if your cannabis consumption does not make you a better person when you're not using cannabis, then your relationship to cannabis is unconscious. Mm. And so it was like, yes done and so it's like okay I want to be a better person I don't want to struggle with depression and anxiety for the rest of my life I've struggled with it for the first quarter of it you know or the first third how whoever knows how long I'm going to be alive but I've already spent enough fucking time in that space so it's like now I'm on a relentless pursuit of healing and that's kind of where all of everything that I'm working on all of my projects coming into play is it is it comes back to this relentless pursuit of healing and cannabis is a tool. It is an ally. It is a guide. It can help you on your journey to healing, but you have to invite it into that space and you have to open that relationship up to be really mindful and really conscious of that, that energy.
1: It really speaks to the, the power of the mind. And, it, and it's something that I growing up would have never really heard myself say, <laughs> you know, just like, Oh, just, Mind never matter kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I I do appreciate the intentions that we set when using anything, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Cannabis is both, it's just a tool and it can cause both harm and help at the same time. So it really does matter what you are using anything for. You know, if Mm -hmm. you are using to escape or numb, uh, then... Then you're totally right where you know if you're off the whatever thing you're using whether it be even just working out or or like socializing or watching tv or you know anything could be used as a form of escape and if you're um not satisfied with it you know outside of that use then it's it's something to look at i think it's a really interesting thing to do so I definitely see where cannabis has been so helpful for me um, outside of my use too. That's something I do think about where I'm like, I, I'll I'll use cannabis. I'll create an experience. I'll have many new insights or perspective shifts. And it, and it's not just while I'm high, you know, it does bleed over into, you know, when I, when I am sober in a normal day to day. So
0: um well it's it's expanding consciousness within yeah. yourself and so it's like if you set the intention to expand consciousness and that's why you want to use cannabis and even when it's not in your system that endocannabinoid system is still active the mind is still open and so that is that's the spiritual journey that's the spiritual work right and so like i think right now there's a lot of like trendiness around this spiritual journey and different spiritual practices and all that i know that we'll get into talking about spirituality here in a little bit but like i just think it's really interesting the way that cannabis can continue to evolve your consciousness and evolution of consciousness is both healing the human and, you know, embodying a spirit at the same time. And so this is why cannabis to me is such a great teacher, you know, like a hammer is a great tool to use when you're hanging a picture, but perhaps not a great tool to use when you're washing a window. And so this is the same thing as cannabis. It's discerning when the tool is helping. And when it's not the tool to use and then having the wisdom and the discipline to make conscious choices that when and where and how it's going to serve you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's important to recognize that. Cause I, I, I definitely found myself in a place where I was using cannabis. I wasn't a, you know, super chronic user per se, but um, it did start resulting in a lot more anxiety, more paranoia and more kind of, um, not actually helping with stress and, uh, and, um, and so it, it, it's, it's another big reason in me going into this journey and learning what even conscious use of it means. Um, and it's been, it's really, yeah, to, to be able to use, (laughs) I like the way you describe that in that, like, it's a, it's like, working out with ankle weights on, you know? And, you know, cause it's very common for a lot of people who, who smoke, um, that creates our, like, it just creates more activity in our Mm -hmm. minds, especially. Mm -hmm. And so to, to bring that back and connecting with our body, with the different forms of intelligence and with our own spirit and source Mm -hmm. and inner wisdom, um, it, it just helps us get out of our, our minds, which I think many of us fall trapped to. Yeah. Um, so, Especially
0: now, like right yeah. now, this we all are living in our minds
1: because yeah. it's, the world is
0: insane. And so yeah. it's like the mind is trying to create understanding and wisdom around what we're all experiencing, but we've never experienced this before. So it's just the mind is just going crazy. Yeah. And so cannabis meditation practices specifically in the way that, i've been shown by god to like guide these and to connect people to the felt sensation of energy in the body like that drains the energy out of the mind and so it's like those two things like you can't really have a spiritual experience if you're just ruminating through all the reasons that you're freaking the fuck out in the head right so it's like we have to find some way in order to quiet the mind even though knowing that cannabis energy stirs the mind. And so that's why it is a little bit harder, even when you're talking about cannabis in a meditation practice, is because the energy of the cannabis will make it harder to quiet the mind. And right. so it's, it's another form of training with waste on. It's another form of building emotional, mental, spiritual robustness so that you are a stronger human in the sense that you're more open, right? The more right. open you are to experiencing things in life, the, more, the stronger you are, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and you can actually then go out into the world without, mm-hmm. you know, ha- having developed that skill, uh, that robustness in yeah. in a safe place. So Yeah. Uh I mean, when, so you did mention God and and really getting to spirituality here. What what does spirituality mean for you? And and I know that you came from a religious background as well. So I'd love to, you know, kind of share a little bit of context on what you mean yeah. by by the language you use. Yeah.
0: So, yes, I was raised, uh, my mom was a Catholic. My dad is Christian. So raised in that home, but like we weren't really practicing in one way or the other. So because they weren't really in alignment or agreement, a lot of my influence came from my grandmother, who's a very devout Christian. So I have a lot of that conditioning, a lot of that belief system kind of instilled in me from a young age, but I can remember even as a child, always being very drawn to God and very, Spiritual in the sense, although I didn't really know, obviously, what that meant as a child. Um, and so then later in life, I found myself really seeking something, and found myself in the church um, in my early 20s, and was having really profound spiritual experiences with God, but not, but then like really not in alignment to the church, and having this like conflict within myself of like, okay, I'm having all these crazy experiences all this wisdom, all this, you know, I I wouldn't have called it energy at the time. I didn't have that language, but having all these profound things happening to me, but really not in alignment and and identify like with the church and the hypocrisy that I experienced and the judgment that I felt and the, just the different things that the church is kind of known for. Um, And so then I started on my own journey of trying to understand this, thing called God that, you know, that I call God, you don't have to call it God, but trying to understand this entity that cannot be described with words. And then, so that took me on a journey of through yoga and meditation and reading lots of different spiritual teachings, ancient spiritual texts, um, modern spiritual teachings from channels and gurus and guides, and just kind of like trying to absorb as much energy or as much information as I could while still processing and and internalizing and trying to experience for myself, really. And so um, spirituality, the word itself, to me, is just your journey inward. It's a journey to know thyself, because only in knowing thyself will you come to know source or creator or God or the universe or energy. Like, it doesn't matter what word you use to describe it. And I think as a culture in general or people in general, get really hung up on the words. They don't like the word God. They don't like the word source. They don't like the word creator, whatever, because but that's just conditioning, right? And so I love the word God, and I use it intentionally to try to break some of that conditioning, right? Because the word God, your perception of that word is just your own conditioning. It has nothing to do with this entity that we can't even really begin to describe in words anyways. Um, And so I use all these words interchangeably, because I want people to not fixate on language, but start to internalize and experience source in their body in a way that changes their perspective of this entity. And this is what I know cannabis meditations can do, because they've done it for me so many times. And I've witnessed it for other people. So, so, so many times. So my understanding, the way that I could describe it is that God, creator, energy, universe, whatever, is this massive, benevolent, loving field of the energy of creation. And so as it experiences itself through humans, we are just each a manifestation of this divine. And so we are all just consciousness interacting with itself, right? And so we're our spirit, the soul that you carry, right? That is just That's the soul of God. That's the spirit of God. Just you're expressing it in a Victor costume and I'm expressing it in a Colette costume. And right. So it's all the same. We're exactly the same. We are all mirrors of each other. It's the ego and the mind that creates this separation that says, Oh, you're over there. You're a man. You look different than I do. So we're not the same. And it's like, no, in fact, we are so exactly the same that when you start to, truly see your reflection in everybody, you start to not only see yourself clearly, but you start to see God or creator, whatever, in a more clear way. And so the journey to understanding as much as we can with our feeble little human brains, the journey towards understanding God is understanding self, right? And so if you're unconscious to your emotions, even is what we're saying going back to a second ago, if you don't know that you're carrying grief in your heart, right? That if you, and you're you stuffing it down or you're numbing it out with alcohol or with cannabis or whatever, if you're disconnected from an element of your being, well, you are source, you are an expression of consciousness. So you are disconnected from consciousness. So the journey to find God, the journey to find consciousness or to understand this thing that we won't really ever be able to understand it all starts within yourself. It is that journey, right? Learning how to love yourself unconditionally and to worship the divine that exists within your own being, that is the spiritual journey. And so, but you cannot heal what you refuse to look at and you cannot surrender what you are not healed from yet. Right. Because our healing is a part of, is is a part of, it's the journey, right? It is the journey. And so for me, spirituality, like I said, it's just, it's just a journey inward. It's to know thyself first as a human, right? Know your shit, know your patterns, know your trauma, know what parts of you need healing, what parts of you need evolution, know yourself. And then as you work through the human layers and you strip back more and more human layers of trauma and conditioning and all that, you start to settle into this spiritual realm and then you start to know thyself. As God, not as if you as Victor, the costume, the human are God, the creator of the universe. No, but that you are an expression of this energy of creation, this creative entity that wanted to experience life from Victor's perspective, wants to experience life from Colette's perspective, and wants the two of those reflections to interact with each other and reflect back to themselves the divinity that they each see in the other right and so this is the journey of creating a unity consciousness is that when i see you everything that you reflect back to me whether that's with your language that's with your energy whatever it is that you see in me i have the honor the distinct honor of just saying like well that just exists in you so anything that is cool about me whatever like you only see that because it's you it's also you and so the journey of spirituality is knowing the human self Knowing thyself as God, knowing thyself as the expression of the divinity, and then knowing the reflection in every single being that you encounter, regardless of what they look like or what they believe or what they think or what they feel or what they've done, but looking at the reflection of every single human being you encounter and seeing yourself.
1: Hmm. (laughs) That's kind of a
0: nutshell, I would say. All right.
1: Um... (laughs) So, and so I, yeah, there's definitely a lot in there. Um, I, mm-hmm. I'd say with, you know, so for me coming from a very like left brain kind of top heavy sort of culture and, uh, upbringing, uh, I, I didn't really have much of any really spirituality or religion. I would go to temple, like, uh, Buddhist temple once in a while. Okay. And, but I would be like questioning. I'm like, what am I doing here? Or like, what am I supposed to say? So there was just a lot of that, you know, there was a lot of disconnect with this Mm -hmm. sort of spiritual sense. But as I'm exploring emotional intelligence, it sounds like there is a lot of commonality in that where I think it can be a, I don't, I guess gateway is the right word, but just kind of a stepping stone towards connecting to whatever that is, that that spirit, you know, in, And what I also think about in terms of, you know, psychology too, where, um, I had another awesome like podcast with, with someone and they shared that like, there's these four states of being, right. We have, we, a lot of us will live in a to me state where, where everything's just happening to us. You know, Mm uh, why has this got to happen to me? Kind of these sort of sentiments. And then there's the Uh, by me state like everything has to happen by me or you know my way or the highway then there's the for me state which which many might have struggle gravitating towards is saying that I do deserve this this is this Mm. life can happen for me then there's a through me state where Mm. something is just traveling through you that that really just guides you and um And and, and so there's this, like, escalation or evolution in in us as human beings that does have to connect us to something, to to just any, like, a different form of intelligence, right? It doesn't have to just come from the mind. Um, But there's the emotional intelligence. There's the spiritual intelligence. There's the social intelligence. There's, you know, and so... uh, I guess I'm, I'm saying all that because I think, you know, for, for those who maybe are on the, the, sort of the left side of the brain, right. Who wants yeah. more logical things and a little more yeah. uh, sort of grounded, I guess, not, not to say that spiritual people are not grounded, but also like, you know, how does this really apply to us or how do we really yeah. see that for ourselves? And, um, Again, cannabis meditation has been yeah. a big part of that. So, as I, I you know, as you wait, I, w- I wanted to say also one more thing in that when yeah. you're guiding uh, my experience in, in being part of your meditations, is that it really does connect to h- how I might even describe that spirit or source is simply just a love for myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
1: know, and. Yeah. And I think that's something that many of us who, again, are going to be in, in our minds, forget about that. Right. We try to try to rationalize love or we try to find other ways to validate ourselves, to be able to receive love and, or, or find all these different things to fill this void that we might, that we are missing. Um, and, uh, you know, um, religion is a big part of that filling that void for many people, you know, spirituality, but also cannabis and meditation. Dad. And, Dad. um, and so, yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing how you kind of guide that mm-hmm. process and that connection to, yeah to say we have this, like, you know, that energy that you're feeling around your body, around this, this like power that you get, that's, that's your own internal yes. love. That's something that you yes. have access to um, at any time. So
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting, I think, because for me – Spirituality happens in the nervous system. And so I geek out just as much as the next person about physio physio like physiological components of meditation, understanding what's actually going on in the brain matter on a on a biochemical level, right? And then also what's going on in the nervous system. So I read and learn a lot about those two aspects because of my personal struggle with mental health. And so in learning how the brain works and what meditation is actually doing in order to rewire neural pathways and create new networks in the mind also understanding the nervous system in the sense of fight or flight the parasympathetic versus the sympathetic activated states um, understanding how trauma lives and exists in the body, how the body holds emotional energy in the nervous system. So even if, if the spiritual, you know, answer that I gave to the previous question was like way far out there, you could take it all the way back into just the physiological way that we experience source, which is through the nervous system. And so a lot of like, in my opinion, religion teaches people how to try to understand God with the mind. Um, yogic traditions are more inclined to share this connection to body, right? Using asana or postures in order to move energy, which creates a space for meditation. But if you want to talk about people that have had big miraculous spiritual encounters or spiritual experiences with plant medicines or something where they're having a profound situation or experience that changes their life, that experience happens in the body. And so cannabis meditation in particular teaches people how to feel that energy. Like I was saying, feel like you were saying, feeling the energy in the body, which quiets the thinking mind, but because of the consciousness expanding properties of cannabis, right? The mind is constantly opening. It's, it's like blooming, like a flower, like an infinite fractal. When you have cannabis in your mind, in your system and you're meditating, it's just this infinite fractal that just keeps opening and opening and opening. Plus you're feeling energy in the nervous system sometimes it's unpleasant sometimes it's emotional sometimes it's uncomfortable well emotions are just energy everything in the universe in the known universe comes back down to energy this is quantum physics this it's like it's all intertwined and so this the the separation between this linear people and the logical brain and this thing and being the disconnect from spirituality well you can turn you can almost turn spirituality into a science to a degree but then there's like just that extra dash of emotional intelligence of surrender that's required in order to experience or have something that really like blows your mind right and so then the the work if you will if you need to understand from a analytical or intellectual perspective what does spirituality mean What is a practice and how do I actually apply that into my life? It's kind of one of those things where it's like, the only thing that you need to do is learn how to surrender. And if you don't know how to surrender, it's probably because your nervous system is in a state of fight or flight all the fucking time, right? So if you don't know how, if you can't lay still and be present in your body without the mind running crazy or without paranoid thoughts coming in or without fear coming in, right? Right then you, you don't have yet that emotional intelligence or that skill set in order to surrender. And so this is the practice of doing cannabis meditation. So it's like, I want to keep doing this. Even if every single one of them is fucking uncomfortable until I can get to a place that I can truly surrender and truly let go. Because when the nervous system is relaxed and open and you're in a parasympathetic state, right? You're in rest and digest and reset you're in that space energetically, your mind is quiet, your mind is calm, and you're just present with your body as energy, then it doesn't matter what I explain to you, what's happening on a physiological level, because your experience will be so profound that you don't need language to try to understand it. You don't need language to explain it because it's like, oh, that just happened. And it shifted something inside of my being, even though my brain can't actually conceptualize what shifted right. because it's on a spiritual and an energetic level. And so I would say the, the the if you want to start on a spiritual journey of any kind, then you need to meet your nervous system. You need to meet the way that you live on a day-to-day basis. If you're running on high anxiety or high stress, or overwhelm all the time you live in a state of fight or flight your nervous system is exhausted it's just exhausted mm-hmm. so practicing anything to create more states of parasympathetic arousal is the most significant thing that you can do from a tangible like to-do list on a spiritual journey you don't even have to worry about what is God and what is source and what are these ancient teachings and what does all this stuff actually mean or what does it do or how does it apply to my life like don't even think about that. Just say I want to know myself and the first place I'm going to start is with my nervous system because all the answers that you seek literally live in the nervous system. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's always so fun to be like, oh man, we could take that in so many ways, but. Oh my God, I know.
0: And I love to <laughs> so, just like give so yeah, much information no, exactly. and then be
1: like, oh good, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I, mm, so I <laughs> wanted to throw in that like, this is again, the power of cannabis, first of all, um, with it really, uh, bringing us back to that homeostasis with the endocannabinoid Mm -hmm. system, really, you know, managing all of that so that we can, you know, find ways to flourish from that more stable foundation, right? Once Mm -hmm. we can bring our nervous system back into a more calm state, um, then it allows you to, you know, ask the deeper questions, you know, um, what even are my emotions or how do I regulate them, you know, in the emotional intelligence aspect, but then in the spiritual aspect as well, I kind of also relate that to a sense of purpose and a sense of like, you know, who and what you are meant to be doing as a human being. And so, um, uh, you know, we can't get to that state if we're all like in, in such, you know, stressful, yeah. anxious like panic mode all the time you yeah. know and But if, think...
0: if you understand the emotions from an energetic perspective as well then they exist on a spectrum and so heavier denser emotions is again it's all energy right so your feelings of fear and grief and anger and lust and um, hatred and self-sabotage all of those emotions they exist at a lower heavier denser vibration Right. So when you start to look at emotions as energy, you can recognize that when I'm fearful or when I'm grief stricken or when I have anger or lust in my being, it's just this like heavy, dense, low vibration frequency. And then as we move up the spectrum, getting closer to unconditional love and acceptance and peace and ultimate bliss and ecstasy, like all of those higher vibrational states of being, this is where source lives like this is this higher vibration and so there's all these things like oh your vibe attracts your tribe it's like that's so dumb that it's so true because if you resonate at a low angry whatever space you're going to attract other people that resonate in that same space and same is true in the other other way but the way that i come to understand it is that these heavy dense emotional states it's like a big heavy suitcase full of rocks that you're trying to levitate with you're trying to become buoyant yet you're holding a suitcase full of rocks and so it's like the only way to put that down I mean there's two ways really you could just put it down but we don't understand that because we're humans and we like to cling to our suffering because in our suffering we find comfort and so yeah so we we can't just put it it's not as easy as just like oh just don't resonate there anymore but for most people I would say is that you have to allow yourself to feel Right, And so most people are vibrating in this low energy state, but they're not even aware of it because they don't allow themselves to truly be honest with how they feel. And most of what people feel when you start stripping back these layers, it's shame and it's guilt. (laughs) Like those are the two biggest things. Shame, guilt and fear, I would say, are the three seeds, the biggest emotional seeds that are at the heart of every single pattern or negative trait or whatever that you carry. And so the closer you get to those seeds, the more uncomfortable it becomes because you're getting closer to your fear. You're getting closer to your shame. You're looking at your shame with such clear awareness that it's shocking. It's like, oh my God, that's a lot of shame. Wow. And I have just been carrying that for so long. And so on a spiritual journey, the the healing or the evolution of these emotional states is to be able to honor and accept and acknowledge what you truly feel. And then naturally you'll start to become more buoyant as you raise up this energetic spectrum so that you're starting to experience, maybe you're just kind of dipping up into these really high states and coming back to like a neutral baseline but you're spending more time on the up frequency than you are kind of on the down frequency. And so understanding emotions as energy is also a really important aspect of emotional intelligence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's again, the, the big part of going into this work too, you know, in, in really, how do we elevate ourselves to be in this higher frequency, higher vibration Um, to not just man up, but to human up. Um, yes. and, and then a big part of that is also finding your sense of purpose, which I was mentioning yeah. earlier. So bringing that back to, you know, connecting to our spirituality and really allowing ourselves to live more in that through me state. Yeah. Um, I'm curious how you've, you know, brought yourself into that journey or what what how have you found your sense of purpose hmm. I,
0: I, I've i kind of stumbled on it I think on accident in a way using these practices and so I've always had a very very deep desire to help people that's always been like I've always wanted to be of service to others even to the point that I used to be a martyr and I would just bleed out for other people in order to help others right so and everybody had to be okay in order for me to be okay. So the other side of a servant hearted person is a martyr and that's not servant hood to anyone or anything. And so my journey has been healing that part of myself so that I'm no longer martyring myself for the benefit of others, but I'm actually nourishing myself for the benefit of others. Um, and so in that process of my own healing, the process of acknowledging and, and releasing my trauma, my conditioning, my generational and ancestral kind of, whatever word you want to use here if you want to call it karma you can call it sin you can call it trauma whatever it's all the same right so healing all of these things in my life has continued to basically taken me from kind of big and wide and just kind of all over the place and it just continues to kind of vibrationally bring me closer into where i'm supposed to be and so for me i believe that every human being has a purpose here on earth right and it's a varying it's it's a varying purpose obviously and it's usually the way you can find it is it's the combination of your personal human experiences, what you're really naturally gifted at or really naturally good at the combination of anything that you're drawn to learn, because the book that you pick up and the book that I pick up is going to be two very different books. Right. And so it's like the culmination of all of the books that I've read, all the podcasts I've listened to, all of the information that I've acquired whether it was formal in conversation or whatever, right? All of this is still contributing into your purpose, your soup of how to determine what you're supposed to be here doing. The last factor of trying to find your purpose, in my opinion, is the thing that scares the shit out of you. Like that's how you know you're getting close to what you're really supposed to be doing. Because especially in this world, there's so many other ways that we can distract ourselves to make money, right? Like, oh, I just got to make money. So because this is the world that we live in, I just need to do this job so I can make money. And then one day I'm going to write my book or I'm going to start my podcast or I'm going to do this or I'm going to share this art with the world or I'm going to pick up this paint or I'm going to go and move my body or whatever it is. But we live in this this survival mode mindset, right, that forces us or we we sort of submit or acquiesce to the culture of just needing to make money versus wanting to pursue my soul's purpose because we don't recognize that when you're pursuing your soul's purpose abundance is going to be attracted to you right but it takes a level of trust and surrender and courage to kind of jump off the cliff to get there and so sharing the cannabis meditation came up for me which has has really directed my path in finding my purpose which my purpose now I'm really understanding is It's holding space for people 100%. Like, that is a gifting of mine. Um, And it's also sharing big, crazy concepts of spirituality in a way that's approachable and digestible, especially to a younger culture or a culture that's very analytical or very mind-driven, like helping people to understand just enough to get them in a space or a position to have a spiritual experience, because I know God. Like, I know what's going to happen when you have a spiritual experience. I know how it's going to affect your life. I don't have to teach you anything. The church doesn't have to teach you anything. The books don't have to teach you anything because you will already have the knowing that you need. So I'm called to share tips and tricks and little life hacks, if you will. We're a culture. We all want the life hacks. So it's like I want to teach spiritual hacks, I guess, so that more people are having a spiritual encounter so that they can figure their shit out for themselves. Mm -hmm. because we don't need another person preaching, telling you what God is or isn't or how to find it and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, no. Let me just teach you how to go find out for yourself. And then let me know what you find (laughs) because you're God, you know, you're God to me. And so I learned so much from you and and every human being that shares their spiritual journey or spiritual experience with me, because it's like, oh, I get it. So when it comes to using cannabis meditation to find your purpose, the other thing about it is that it, 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 and it strengthens your intuition it it strengthens your creativity and so your your soul's purpose on earth lives within your intuition and your creativity the culmination of everything that you've learned and then the one thing that you're the absolute most afraid to do there's your purpose right there and so then that's the whole free will thing like You could totally work for Amazon for the rest of your life. And there's no judgment and no shame in that whatsoever. It is a noble pursuit to provide for a family and to to just, you know, do that human element. But it's like, there is so much more and you know it. And it's like, oh, well, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know how to find it. That's a lie. You just haven't sat still with yourself long enough to be like, what is it that you're here to do, soul? Because you're here to do something. So what is it? But we're so afraid of our own power. Right? We're so afraid of what we might be do, able to do. We, we're so afraid of who we might become if yeah, we like actually what, what just What we might find, right? Yes. In, in the yes. deep, dark
1: basement of the... Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And it's like, oh, we, we we chalk it up to being afraid of failure, or we're afraid we're not good enough, or afraid we don't have this. But I am like, mm, I've failed so many times in my life, it's ridiculous. Like, I'm no longer afraid of failure, I'm actually afraid of success. I'm afraid that I'm going to crush it. I'm afraid that it's going to be like, I am going to be that powerful and that helpful and of service in that big of a way that that shit scares me. So I'll write the book tomorrow. You know, I'll do the thing later. I'll hop on the podcast in five months after he asks me to do it, <laughs> right? And so it's like, this is the way that we just are afraid of our own power. Right. And cannabis meditations tap you into your power in a way that will shift your, it'll change your life
1: i i i really love the like the the benefits that do come from this too right we 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 might be able to share like all the the reasons why it's important but i think it really does come down to what you're mentioning in terms of creativity and intuition you know mm-hmm. in um being expressive beings we uh, creation is a big part of our mental health to be able to you know create like you know so much of our lives are, are based on consumption and, and even yeah. nowadays especially through technology Um, I remember like even having that sort of a uh, I guess a desire or foresight that like oh, I'm consuming too much so, like one of my new year's resolutions was to actually create something mm, and it's yeah. so interesting that like I could think about the year and say like I didn't even create something which is you know it's very um I guess limiting but so anyway so creativity is a big part of our human nature and um and and so really being able to co- connect to what that means or would look like for you is yeah important for mental health and um and then back and then to the intuition part it's that's so important for decision-making for you to, you know, trust yourself for you to uh, know what direction feels, feels right and natural or feels um, just the right balance of something that absolutely scares you, but also excites you at the same Mm -hmm. time. And so really being able to sit with that is, is important. Um, Which brings me back to what you also said is that, this is a space for you to have to find on your own. You know, nobody yeah. can tell you what creativity and intuition is for yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and this is why I really was pulled into life coaching and, and now being, you know, uh, uh, following your footsteps here and being a guided <laughs> uh, meditator. Yes. What do you even call that? I guess uh, someone who guides meditations, but, um, uh, but to, just provide the space for people to explore in their own way, because the last thing I think anybody, any of us want is that, you know, preachiness or that telling Mm -hmm. us what to do or what you should do or how you're supposed to do something. Um, and so, you know, I always say as a a life coach that the first instinct for a lot of people to think is like, who, what are you, who are you to tell me how to live my life? Mm -hmm. Right. But, Mm -hmm. um, that's the opposite of what it really does. It's a space to draw out the wisdom from you, Mm -hmm. um, from your internal sense and really developing that skill from an inside out perspective. So, yeah. um, Yeah. I think it's really important to, to say that like, you know, we can sit here on this podcast also to like share all this thing, all these things, but really if you're listening, (laughs) you got to just join in on, Collect meditations yeah. and really <laughs> just experience it for yourself. Yeah. So um coming up on time here, it's yeah. uh really, you know, I just I, we could totally go into all of these things. Uh what I like to end my podcast with is like quick fire, you know, experiences or or your own definitions of the five core emotions. Um, and that usually goes more than 10 minutes, but, <laughs> uh, so have you seen the movie Inside Out? Yes. Inside Pixar? Yeah. Oh so my
0: God. I'm obsessed with that movie.
1: It's great. Uh, very so good. emotionally intelligent. Uh, so, yes. um, uh, yeah. So the five core emotions is anger, fear, disgust, um, sadness and joy. And I'll, I'll remind you of them, but. If you want to go quickly share just your relationship with the emotion Mm -hmm. or a recent experience or how you almost approach navigating it, Um, I'll kind of leave it open in in how you want to take it so.
0: oh that's so funny like i have been so confident talking this whole time and then as soon as you say this i'm like oh i feel that i feel that in my body i feel that like yeah. fears a little bit come up yeah hey exactly. let's start with fear i guess let's
1: start with fear yeah
0: okay um <laughs> let's see okay so fear for me my newest and most recent evolution of understanding fear is that it's so innate in our dna Because we have just been generationally living in conditions of fear for so long that even if in this lifetime, you have not experienced major traumas or major experiences that would create the felt sense of fear. I'm always like the question I would ask is like, what was the condition of your mother's life when you were in the womb? Right? Was she afraid then? What was the condition of your grandmother's life when your mom was in the womb? Was there fear present then? So if you want to think about, I'm not even talking about past lives. Well, that's another conversation. But just from a generational perspective of being born into fear, right? That's a a religious scripture, Christian scripture that's used often. So it's like, what does that mean? Fear is such a part of the human experience, and we avoid understanding it so much because it does feel so overwhelming. fear to me is the mind trying to understand and be god in your life and in the world right and so it's the mind's desire to control and facilitate and if it can't do that that feeling of panic or overwhelm or whatever that accompanies fear um is it's it's that's our felt experience of it and so i think for me learning my fear has it it because and then recognizing that fear will never go away and so it's how do I actually leverage my fear as a compass like I was saying before for your purpose one of the ways that you can know if you're on the right track towards your purpose is if it scares the shit out of you and so it's like now you can use a healthy dose of fear as a compass to guide your life because fear is not going to go anywhere it's how do we show up in the face of fear? How do we identify, oh, there's fear present in my body, but I'm going to move forward anyways. Um, And so, and then noticing the contrast, because for me personally, it was like when fear came up, then it was like, I recluse, right? And then I hide. And so my journey of evolving is being able to stand in my fear and still take action and still move forward, knowing that the fear is not going anywhere.
1: Yeah. 'm I'm, I'm curious how like that that sounds like it was even very relevant just now where you did feel that fear. How did you move forward with that? <laughs> just now.
0: it's just like yup, here it is, I'm gonna acknowledge it first and yeah. then just go, and it's like as soon as like one of the spiritual teachers I that I followed
1: acknowledging it was I think probably yes. an really important part of
0: that yeah the acknowledging it is the, it, that's and it's like it only needs a second right you don't have to sit down and have this big healing session of like oh my god I this. it's just like oh fear is present okay I got it we're cool moving forward and so it's like that simple that's mindfulness that's acknowledgement right mindfulness is not emotional um what's the word I'm enabling right it's not emotional like Oh, you poor baby. Oh, it's not this big sob fest. Mindfulness is, this is present in my experience. I am not fear, but there is fear present in my experience and we're moving forward. Like yeah. that's literally all that it takes. So one of the spiritual teachers that I follow is named Paul Selig. He's a channel and he's talked a lot about energy and emotion. And it's like, whatever you keep in darkness, you draw yourself to it. So anytime an emotion comes up that we refuse to acknowledge or we don't acknowledge, you're keeping it in darkness which you're drawing yourself to it which is just expanding more of that state whatever it is and so then like even last night I had an experience I was doing a cannabis meditation and all of this shame came up like hmm. so much shame and shame and fear are like twin cousins yeah, that like to get, can get in trouble together
1: go into it go into shame yes too, so
0: all this shame that. came up and all this like self-judgment and I could feel it in my body and it It was like painful and it was like, oh, that's what judgment feels like. Fuck, that's uncomfortable. So all this shame came up. And so I my friend was here and I we were talking and I just was I couldn't articulate what I was judging myself for or what the shame was representing or where it was coming from. But I was like, there is so much shame it was as if I un—I opened this door, which sometimes cannabis meditations will do this. I opened this door within myself and it was like the closet that I'd just been shoving full of yeah. stuff and like closing the door for 30 years. I opened it and then it was just like, boof, there's so much yeah. shame just coming out of it. And so it's like, I just needed to acknowledge that. And it's like, wow, that's so, I have so much compassion for myself now. Like knowing I've been carrying that degree of shame mm. and that degree of judgment even as much work as I've done and as much healing as I've been working on, like all of that still exists inside of me. And so shame is just ugh, shame is probably the hardest one to feel because it's also peppered with humiliation.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And so it's like humiliation is the one emotion that the humans will avoid at all costs. Right. So if you look at politicians. You look at the cover ups that people do in order to avoid being humiliated. Like shame is just like that's the that's that's adam and eve putting the leaves on their bodies right it's like it's the most original of the human emotions um and we all carry it to some degree or another so just being able to acknowledge to yourself you don't have to share it with a friend although you could you should if you have somebody in your life that is safe but like for me to just say to myself wow i see all that shame all of that shame
1: hmm.
0: and there's so many different avenues of it there's the sexual shame there's the uh you know, shame of what you're doing or not doing or shame of how you express or how you show up. There's so many different elements and layers to shame, but fear and shame go hand in hand for sure. Mm. Yeah, that's good.
1: So we got, we got fear and shame. How about fear and shame? Let's do
0: anger. Anger yeah. is a good one because I feel like, I actually don't believe that anger is one of the core emotion. I mean, obviously it's a very pre- prevalent emotion, but I believe that anger is a symptom of shame. Mm. It's a symptom of humiliation or it's a symptom of, it's the expression of that vulnerable feeling of feeling shameful or feeling humiliated. But instead of being able to just be honest about how you feel that way, anger is easier, right? And so anger comes out when you feel humiliated or you feel disrespected or you feel embarrassed or shameful. But the root emotion is actually shame. And so when you're talk, when I'm talking with people about helping them through managing their anger, the anger is the symptom, but it's not the illness. It's not the root. And so sure, let's practice some anger management techniques. Let's talk about using mindfulness to calm the state of anger. But if you don't go deeper into the root of the anger, then you're, you're, it's just going to manifest in other symptoms. Right? And so for me, what I've observed is anger People with chronic anger and a lot of anger issues, if you will, it's it's probably very easily traced back to humiliation in childhood, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right? And so different varying degrees, whether it's chronic and the intensity is going to kind of depict how much anger one holds. But that to me, anger is really the symptom of a deeply vulnerable emotion of shame or of humiliation that isn't always as easy to face. And it's appropriate for men to be angry. It's not appropriate for men to be vulnerable, right? And so it's like, as a culture, we've created this conditioning that anger is an acceptable expression of, of emotion for men, just men specifically for this example, but vulnerable feelings of shame is not, it's not acceptable for a man yeah. to sit there and feel that and express that. And so anger is like, oh, he's just mad. It's right, fine. Right. This is just what men do. It's like, okay, yeah, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah. yeah that that's like the it's again the importance of this work is to, to really diversify the range of emotions mm-hmm. that we can both feel and express mm-hmm. because yeah. without again going into the core of it we're just gonna hit the symptoms over and over again so yeah um how about uh uh well a sadness
0: Sadness. Okay. So sadness, sadness to me, well, because of my experience with depression, right? I've spent a lot of time in sadness, which Hmm. I I would also say that sadness is an expression of grief, right? And grief is a lot more vulnerable and a lot more raw. And so all of our emotions can be boiled back down to the deeper vulnerable space of, of the truth. And so grief, we think of grief and we think it's only appropriate to grieve if you've lost a loved one, you know, a major life event, a natural disaster, like, oh, grief is appropriate there. But it's like grief is appropriate in so many other places that we don't allow ourselves to feel that grief. And so we're never actually transmuting that energy that exists within us, and so it expresses a sadness. It's and and oftentimes it will express as chronic sadness, or over time, you know, repeated experiences of sadness. But like the contrast in our world, whether it's emotional contrast, it's light contrast. Like contrast is what we need in order to help understand all the things right if we lived in a space of light and love all the time we wouldn't really understand light and love and so the contrast the duality is part of this experience in the three dimensions and so sadness is such an important aspect of understanding the duality so that you can negate the duality for me sadness is really a to true, I would say to truly experience and to heal through the expression of sadness, it comes back to surrender. Right. And so it's like surrendering into the state of sadness that you feel instead of either just living in like a a low level simmer of sadness and not really allowing yourself to go into the depths because the depths feel painful or just being disconnected from the fact that you have this sadness present. It's like, you have to have that vulnerability, that surrender to go into it. And if there's grief, if you're if it's if, if you look like you're on a lake, right, and it's just like a normal lake, and it's a normal um, depth, right, you get into the lake, and it goes up to the knees or up to the waist, this is my sadness, like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I kick the water around, I feel a little sadness over here, feel a little sadness over there. But then it's like, you take two steps, and it's like, whoosh, and you fall away into it, right? That's the grief, and that's the seed, that's the root of the pain. And that's where you actually need to go. So using your sadness as a almost a gateway, if you will, or almost a door or an entry point into the true healing that needs to be done is the best way that you can leverage the sadness. Because now you're not only learning about the duality, the contrast between joy and sadness, right? And the way that they interplay together and the way that their presence simultaneously, like in Inside Out, the way that the marble is half yellow and half blue, right? The way that that enriches the human experience, but it's also like the sadness is a a little trap door to show you where there is something that still needs your love, that still needs your attention, your acknowledgement. It's like, Oh fuck, I have grief. Oh, well, what does grief feel like in the body? Because sadness to me exists mostly in the mind, maybe a little bit into the upper chest, but grief lives in the belly. It's like way down in there and it is heavy and it is painful and it is agony so, we stay in sadness, which is just kind of right here like, oh, I'm sad. Oh, my energy is low. Oh, I cry a little bit here and there. Right. But when we go into grief, you're talking about gut wrenching, bawling. You're talking about spirit transforming energy into something usable. It's releasing that energy and, and really being present in it. And for me, I had found God so many times in my grief. Right. I had in spiritual experiences and spiritual encounters so consistently in my suffering. That when it came time to lay down my suffering, I was clinging to it because I had known God through my suffering so intimately that I was afraid to let it go. And once I realized that, then I was like, okay, wow. So then I'm just like in love with my suffering so much so because I believe God lives here, which God does live in your suffering. But it's in God is in everything. It's in all things. And so you can find that same thing in joy.
1: That's... I mean, that's an interesting thing to think about too, that we sometimes we'll get so attached to these emotions. Like it's so close to our identity. Like what am I gonna be without this sadness now? Mm-hmm. Right. Or yes. this emotion. And and that could be also scary. So Yeah. Um mm, okay. Lastly, Benelisa, joy.
0: Joy. Mm. My mantra for this, uh, my birthday was in July. So, my mantra for my 35th year is abundant joy. That was what I have been speaking over my life. And what does abundant joy look like? And what does it feel like in the body? And I think that whenever you're talking about emotional intelligence, if you don't have the dialogue with yourself or with a client or with whoever, of what does this emotion feel like in your body, then you are missing a big component of emotional intelligence. And so this is, again, a millionth of reasons why cannabis meditation is so helpful because you're like, oh, there's anxiety. It's right there. Mm-hmm. I can't ignore it. I know exactly what it feels like. And so thinking about joy and what does it feel like in the body and how do I experience it and how do I then cultivate more of it? It's it? Joy is so light. It's so up it's so like it's bubbly right it bubbles upward into the chest and it lifts the body it lifts the vibrational field it lifts the aura the energy whatever spiritual or non-spiritual words you want to use and so joy to me it is our it's one of our natural states of being joy and love simultaneously is 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 so powerful and what i'm learning and my the biggest aspect of my healing that i'm hoping to embody in this in the coming months and year is to remember that my natural state of being is one of joy versus one of sadness or one of suffering. Mm. And so as I continue to strip back layers of my suffering, strip back the relationship that I've cultivated to my suffering, the, the identity that I've built in my fear and in my shame, as I continue to strip those away, I'm coming closer and closer to a remembrance of my truth. And my truth is that I am joy. I am love, right? That is what I am. I am the energy of creation in a physical form. And the energy of creation is a benevolent, playful experience. Like look at, just Google birds of prey and look up videos of these insane birds doing the weirdest things for like mating rituals, right? They're so beautiful. They're so colorful. And these male birds do the funniest, silliest thing to court the females so if you can't look at that and see that that source creator god universe spirit whatever is a benevolent playful and loving entity of energy and creation then you're missing the whole thing so it's like of course this little bird of prey who like slips his wings out and he does like a little dance and he has gets his little birdie friends in to help him court the female and the female's just like "Mm." I don't know. It's not really the vibe, right? You're watching this play out. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's
0: so good. You're watching this play out and it's like, well, if, if source creator God is that creative and that playful to do that for those little birds, then how does that energy apply to my life, Mm -hmm. right? My life should be that colorful. It should be that playful. It should be that joyful. And so how do I start to surrender states of suffering, that I create for myself because I am actually a natural born, joyful entity of love. And so it's not easy to do sometimes, especially when we've created such a deep identity in our suffering. And I think this is why cannabis is so helpful because it does, it softens that identity that you've built in the mind just enough. So that a new expression of your identity can come through. It's not like you're going to change miraculously overnight, but maybe there's one degree difference of your expression after you do a cannabis meditation, because you've expanded the mind just enough to get outside of this construct of your identity that you've built. So for me, finding states of joy and abundant joy has also involved cannabis. And it's also involved using cannabis intentionally in play and in connecting with other humans and allowing myself to laugh like I've never laughed before and surrendering to that state. It's no different though, because if you're in fight or flight, if your nervous system is lit up and on fire because you're in defense mode or protection mode or stress mode, then vibrationally, you're not going to be able to achieve or not achieve experience states of joy because the nervous system is locked into those dense energetic frequencies or vibrations that we were talking about before shame anger guilt lust greed whatever all that like it's low vibration and so it's like I have to learn how to surrender these states of my being that are not me so that I can start to really embody the state of me that is me and I'm truly
1: love it um you obviously have so much to share. So I do. <laughs> I, I do. I could it. talk for so long. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's I
0: appreciate all good. the time for sure.
1: Yeah. Um I I always end up doing that with the last like five emotions here. But, like people always end up taking more time. So maybe I should just mm-hmm. put it in the beginning of the show or something. There you go. Like
0: that, so. Yes.
1: But yeah. no, I appreciate all of those perspectives. Um that you know, to comment on that too is that I, I definitely use cannabis to allow myself to reconnect to that joy that yeah. I think, you know, so yeah. much, so many of us don't allow ourselves to feel. So it's really just yeah. letting go of the judgments and like yeah. what all, whatever stories you're telling yourself or whatever default state you think you're in uh, and to just like play and like reconnect yeah. with that inner child that yeah. um, many, many, as a, as we adults <laughs> tend yeah. to leave. behind. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, And and that's the
0: coolest part, too, just really quickly about this idea of it going federally legal or more people gaining access to legal cannabis, because it's like, even if you don't yet have the knowledge to use cannabis with such intention that I've developed and I'm sharing over, over time, like, even if you don't have that, if you've never experienced cannabis before, and you're now coming to it for the first time, the joy that it does bring, the laughter, the hilarity, the silliness, the playfulness of using cannabis for fun, that is a spiritual experience. Yeah. Right. That in of itself is connecting you to spirit, to God. And so it's like, I'm so excited for just more people just to get their hands on legal cannabis. And as the the stigma shifts and as the world shifts and people start to not be so judgmental of it, it's a freaking plant. And just yeah. using it for the way that it was designed, like that will shift our world. And then as people then start to evolve even further and use it with intention and a spiritual practice, then it's like game over. Yeah. It's great yeah i love
1: it i'm super excited about it too one of my big dreams is to be able to have a venue space where it's yes. like just as normal to walk into a just bar and a have normal. a drink yes. but now we yep. can walk into a place and just smoke and up have a smoke
0: joint. do some <laughs> meditating i love yeah. it let me know when you open it i will be there at I, your
1: opening yeah. party for sure oh, <laughs> totally it's it, it will happen for sure yes um, i agree So thank you for being here. How can people find you? um, You
0: can find me on Instagram, really balancing cannabis. Um, You know, and I'm, it's so funny because I'm still not great at the Instagram thing. And it's like, I know that I can take this and really launch it out in a really big way. And technology for me is is probably the biggest struggle of being not only an entrepreneur, but um, wanting to share something so badly. Mm -hmm. And I struggle with technology so much. So Um, yes, you can find me on balancing cannabis. I'm I'm sometimes consistent and sometimes not super consistent, but I have recorded meditations. Um, Cannabis is com is something that I created with my team. That is just a fun little book that I wrote. And then there's a guided meditation, a recording on, on that one. Um, And then I will be kind of sporadically doing different events, live meditations, um, and then two day retreats. And then ultimately, like you were saying, I am going to be teaching other people the framework that I've built in holding cannabis meditations. Um, I know that people will be drawn to you that will be different than the people that will be drawn to me and vice versa. And I think that if we get more people sharing this medicine in this way, the, the better and the more unique expressions of this, the better, because the way that I do it is just the way that I do it. And so I want to empower you to do it in your way, because knowing that you will speak to different people for different reasons and just allowing that to come through, will just continue to build a web of more people having spiritual experiences on cannabis. And then that is really the game changer. So yeah, there's, there's lots, lots coming. And then just me just learning my own discipline and learning my own human of struggling to maintain consistency in that regard. And yeah, wanting to do better and then working through that, but yeah, balancing cannabis on Instagram and cannabis is, is the two ways that you can really engage with some of the stuff I've done.
1: Perfect. All right, for the shout um, out, yeah, thank you for coming on here and for taking the time and dropping the knowledge bombs um, oh,
0: appreciate it <laughs> uh,
1: and again, it's been yeah super cool to to be in your circle and your ripple Yay. here, and um yeah, I'm looking forward to to joining in more of your meditations as well, so I
0: appreciate that, yeah, thank uh, you so much, and like your feedback has really been super helpful for me on my journey, because continuing to find the courage to share this work has been has been my work, you know, like I struggle with fear a lot, obviously. And so we all do. And so that's been a big part of it. And sharing cannabis in this way, uh, spirituality in this way, it's it it does rub a lot of people the wrong way, you know, people don't like to hear about people Mm -hmm. encouraging you to smoke weed and meditate. And so yeah it has been really great so I'm very grateful for you and for just like the work that you're doing and then just the encouragement that you continue to reflect back to me so I'm super super thankful and thanks for having me on your show this is so cool
1: yeah (laughs) right yeah thanks again
0: (laughs) yeah you're welcome
1: and that is it the end of the awesome episode with very special guest Colette Patricia if you resonate with Colette at all please do reach out to her or at least follow her on Instagram. Uh, The link will be in the show notes below. But definitely connect and attend one of her virtual cannabis meditation sessions as well. She is an amazing teacher. If you got value out of this episode uh, or just enjoyed it and would love to share it with A friend that you'd love to have a conversation with please do and i would really love to hear what results of that what kind what comes out of these conversations if you do happen to have them Um, you can follow me at human up podcast on instagram to continue the conversation or to comment on what you get out of it and you can also join my facebook group at facebook.com groups slash canna connections all of the links are also in the description below thank you again so much for listening to this episode i really hope you have an amazing week and an amazing month an amazing year and an amazing life especially on your journey to human app.